0: All right, joining me now is Salesforce co CEO Brett Taylor. Brett, good to see you at this MuleSoft event in New York City. It's packed, man.
1: It's packed. You know, it's been two years. People are craving to reconnect with each other. And you and I were just talking about this. You know, this event is all about the technologists in all of our organization. And right now, because the whole economy digitized over the past couple of years because of the pandemic, it's all on these people's shoulders, you know. CEOs are saying let's move faster, we need a new digital customer experience. They're here today to get the tools and technologies to move faster and empower each other, learn new skills, and it's it's great to reconnect. So they're
0: not here for the cold brew? <laughs> they're here for the yeah, cold okay. brew too, you know.
1: <laughs> the fun part about these events is, as you know, it's, it's about learning new tools and technologies and they're all going to go out for drinks afterwards, yep. but that's what we've been craving for the past couple of years, and it's so amazing to be back in person.
0: Uh, you and your co CEO and, and Salesforce founder, Mark Benioff, talked to a lot of CEOs, a ton of CEOs, and I think you have talked to 40 CEOs in the last couple of weeks, which is, is mind blowing. What are you hearing from them?
1: Well, look. Everyone's anxious right now. You know, there's so much uncertainty. You have the supply chain crisis uh, continues, the war in Europe continues, inflation continues, labor inflation. One of the topics actually here is, uh, you know, the era of flexible work. And you, if you up, pick up the headlines, you can kind of sense a little bit of tension between management and employees right now as that sort of, we all navigate this era, new era of flexible work. The one thing that remains constant in all those conversations, though, is investment in technology. You know, whether you're focused on growing your top line right now, digitizing your customer experience, or what's become more relevant, particularly in the past six months, is driving profitability. When you think about what does technology do, it's about productivity, right? It's about driving efficiency. It's about automation. And so, despite all of all let's say the uncertainty in the economy, the demand environment remains strong. you know people really want to invest in technology for top line growth, for efficiency, uh, and the conversations have been I think really energizing for me over the past few weeks.
0: does the mandate to automate among CEOs does that mean layoffs
1: I don't think it does. you know it's interesting For my entire career in technology, you know technology there's been sort of a risk of is it going to eliminate jobs? I actually think the opposite. It means that we don't need to work on the mundane tasks. You know, Our job isn't to copy and paste things between screens. Our job is to be creative, uh, to think of new creative business opportunities. And when I think of automation, it means that we as employees can focus on what we do best and computers can do what they do best. And I think for a lot of the customers that I talk to, it's about finding more insights. Can we not be surprised by the next supply chain disruption? Can we have a little foresight into things like fore- or an exchange. Can we meet our customer demands, which have shifted? We want everything to be a push of a button, like Hailing and Uber. I mean, one of the great stories. Well, the
0: Facebook like button. <laughs> you know, I was going to mention that, which you deserve a little credit for.
1: Well, what's interesting? So one of the stories here at MuleSoft Connect was about Rocket Mortgage, mm-hmm. and what I loved about the Rocket Mortgage story is they're trying to make getting a mortgage in a mobile app as easy as you know Hailing and Uber. And you look at all the technology behind the scenes to make that possible. It's all about automation, right? And so. I don't think of it as displacing jobs. I think of it as improving customer experiences, improve, improving employee experiences, uh, and I'm excited. You know, Coming here, you can't come away except more positive.
0: Uh, and he's being bashful too, guys. You know, he helped found or create the like button at Facebook. We'll get into that maybe a little bit later, but I will say this. You know, we had at the Javits last week for another Salesforce, Salesforce event, very large event, and I think Mark said that office mandates are just not going to work. Do you share that sentiment?
1: I do. You know, the world has changed, and I think when you think about disruption, the companies that succeed tend to embrace the new way of working and saying what was great in 2018 and what was great in 2020, and how do we create a culture that represents both? You know, for all of us, you know, I have small kids. I got to spend more time with my kids in 2020 than I had the previous two years combined, probably. Right? Does it mean I don't want to get together with my colleagues in person? Of course not. But I think employees now demand flexibility, and with tools like Slack. You know, the reason why we spent 28 billion dollars on that acquisition is because we truly believe the future of the work is flexible. And I think employers that embrace this world of flexible work will actually find more talent, will have more loyalty for their employees, and they'll have better cultures. And I I love that phrase, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think right now the smartest CEOs are saying, not how do I fight this trend, but how do I retain our culture? How do we make sure we have, you know, uh, the the intangible qualities of getting together in person, events like this, but also embrace what employees want, which is flexibility.
0: Do you think Salesforce is permanently flexible for workers forever?
1: Yes, we're flexible. And the reason we're flexible is we want the best talent. Uh, We also want uh, Salesforce to be a destination employer for the best Mm -hmm. and brightest across every industry. Does it mean we don't have uh, physical workspaces? No, we've got an amazing tower in New York. We've got an amazing tower in San Francisco. We actually built a uh, ranch called Trailblazer Ranch where we bring new employees to onboard them, do offsites, sites bring our, our customers as well. We're thinking about what's the purpose of an office. You don't go to an office to open up a laptop and send email anymore, right? We've proven to ourselves Some over of the past couple do. years. You still do. <laughs> I still do. But you know, if you think about it though, you know, I joke, I met my wife at work and I probably wouldn't have met her over Zoom. You know, the office still has a role, it's just a different role right now, and we're not thinking of it as mandates, we're thinking, how do we give people reasons to come back to the office?
0: You mentioned uh, business is still strong, certainly saw that in your earnings report a couple weeks ago. But are CEOs starting to run for the bunkers? What are you hearing from them?
1: You know, I'm still sensing CEOs are investing. uh, And that's because I think of the secular trend of digital transformation. And I think that trend accelerated in the pandemic. Uh, CEOs are still investing. Um, There's still customer demand right now, too. There's just a lot of anxiety about what seems to be a looming recession. I do think, though, in downturns, I think stronger companies gain market share, and the CEOs I'm talking to are thinking more strategically, not necessarily about just you know, reducing their spending. They're saying, how do I spend smartly to actually gain market share, gain efficiency? And we're no different, actually. You know, In our last earnings call you referred to, we had great top line growth. We also raised our operating margin guidance by 40 basis points. You know, We're focused on top line and bottom line. I'm seeing that in our customer base as well.
0: Do you think we'll go into a recession?
1: I'm not a macroeconomist and you know, I know software and what I will tell you is I think software is just as relevant in a downturn and a recession as it is when the economy is growing rapidly. And the reason for that is, you know, when you're growing rapidly, it's about taking market share. In a recession, if you're worried about cost savings, software is the answer to both. So what I'm focused on is what I can control, which isn't macroeconomics. What I can control is, how do I focus on our customer's success, show up with a platform to help them navigate all this uncertainty in the economy?
0: I think I told you this when we were in Davos and I briefly saw you. You guys are sitting on a ton of cash, $14 billion. You've made a lot of acquisitions, but there's been a focus on Salesforce and in Salesforce about getting the operating margins right, getting those margins up, but evaluations have, have fallen through a trap door. Are there opportunities that have now opened up to you guys?
1: Well, look. Uh, We know that a stock price is a lagging indicator of our performance, not a leading indicator. And so what we're focused on is making our customers successful. We did that in the pandemic. We showed up in states like New York and California to help with vaccine management and contact tracing. In the face of all this uncertainty, we're saying, how can we help our customers weather this? And then we know that our performance will follow. But as you said, one thing that I think is really important to Salesforce and our performance looking forward is we're focused on durable, profitable growth. And we know at the scale that we're operating Rating. We can continue, I think, the unprecedented top line growth we've had for the past few years, but also show that we can be a, a very profitable company, which is why we we're so happy to raise our operating margin guidance in our last earnings call.
0: You've seen just about everything in tech. You and I are the same age. We've probably seen a lot of it, you from a different perspective, but what do you think about this sell-off of tech? Not just the stocks, but now we're getting news of, of layoff announcements, just a resetting of the tech landscape. A lot of private companies finding it hard to raise money. Are we at a bottom, or, or things are things going to get worse?
1: Well, you know, I've been through a few cycles like this. In fact, my first startup I started during the financial crisis, which I could tell you caused a great deal of anxiety for me personally. I've been through these cycles before. What I'll tell you is the strong companies will come out stronger. Um, I do think it's more important forever to focus on unit economics, on profitability, and I think you're seeing uh, that play out in both the public markets and the private markets. So I think the private markets may, may lag a little there. And I think what you'll see is the strong companies get stronger, um, the weak companies perhaps not. Why do, you um, they, why
0: do you think we're seeing this? Why do you think we've seen this reset?
1: Uh, well, simply put, when interest rates rise, uh, you know, really just changes the fundamental sort of investment principles in the market. Um, it doesn't change the fundamentals of our business or other technology businesses, though. So I think it goes focus back on fundamentals. I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs, many of whom are thinking about their their next round of financing, and um, it's going back to basics. It's focusing on profitability, but here's the thing. I've said this before, the pandemic has really fundamentally changed the technology industry. Silicon Valley's no longer a place. Silicon Valley's in the cloud. It has never been easier to start a company and you don't need to make the pilgrimage to Sand Hill Road and Menlo Park anymore because venture capitalists are willing to fund great entrepreneurs and great ideas anywhere. So despite, I think, the the what I believe is a very temp- temporary contraction of technology I'm actually excited for the next decade. I think we're going to see uh, a resurgence of entrepreneurialism around the world. I think the pandemic has uh, made access to technology and skills and talent more open than ever before. And we may look back at this moment as sort of a moment where Silicon Valley truly became a global phenomenon.
0: You have another job. Uh, And I guess you know where I'm going with this one. And it has been uh, the chairman of Twitter. Interesting situation. And I know there's not much you can say on it. As a former analyst, I've covered these situations before I get it. But personally, what has this been like for you just having to deal with all this?
1: Well, first, it's a privilege to be a part of Twitter. Uh, you know, as interesting. and I, just watched my Golden State Warriors win the NBA championship. NBA Twitter was my second screen through the entire championship. You look at what's going on in politics in the United States right now and how much of it's happening on the platform. Culture, music. I think Twitter as a platform has never been more relevant and it's a privilege to be a part of such an important platform. Um, And as you said, it's a very unusual situation. I can't say much beyond what we said in the proxy, but uh, we're obviously committed to closing the transaction. So the deal will still close? Yes. Okay.
0: Lastly, have you learned anything from this situation that you might apply to your leadership at Salesforce uh, in coming years?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Consumer technology and enterprise technology are very connected. You know, obviously we're a B2B business and we sell our software to our customers to help make them successful. When I talk to a chief marketing officer or a CEO of a consumer company, obviously things like social media, uh, consumer advertising are as relevant as there ever been. And in fact, one of the fastest growing products we've ever developed is called our customer data platform. I won't go into the tech, I could geek out all day. <laughs> But I'll tell you what's motivating is all the changes in consumer software, changes to mobile operating systems that have made it harder uh, to actually do advertising and measure its effectiveness in a privacy-compliant way. And so, having one foot in consumer software, obviously my heritage is in consumer software, has been an incredible asset to help us serve Salesforce customers.
0: Last one. I, we were talking off camera, the next generation of leaders is starting to, to rise up. Our generation, suddenly we're the old guys in the room. I don't, I don't know when that happened. I look at you, co-CEO at Salesforce. I look at Bill Reddy, now the new CEO over Pinterest. How do you think this generation of leaders will be different than the ones they're replacing?
1: Well, look, I'll just tell you, I am so grateful to be in this role with my mentor, Mark Benioff, you know, because uh, I look at these great brands, you know, whether it's uh, Pinterest, whether it's Salesforce, and uh, to have the opportunity to go into this role, as you said, relatively young and have the opportunity to do with one of my closest friends and best mentors is, I think, an incredible opportunity. It's a big job. Uh, and, you know, look at all those I get to do it with a partner. How cool is that? So it's an incredible opportunity.
0: All right, I'll leave it there. Uh, Salesforce co-CEO, Brett Taylor, good to see you again.
1: Yeah, great to see you too. Thank you.